1: He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here is your host, Robert Anderson.
3: Welcome. Inner sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have, within you, the ability to see yourself and the world around you, In a new way, with new eyes. So, stay with us and together. We'll look at the world and ourselves with inner sight. Our topic for today, awareness. Part 3. Before we explore this topic, I'd like to say a few words about Alice Bailey, founder of the Lucis Trust. Lucis Trust sponsors this show. Alice Bailey wrote 24 books of esoteric philosophy. And those 24 books are the main inspiration for the dialogue that you hear on this show. The following thought is also from the works of Alice Bailey. In the total evolution of a spiritual individual through physical incarnation during untold hundreds of lives, the entire process is simply one of expanding consciousness and of attaining, sequentially and stage by stage, an ever more inclusive awareness. Well, so much. We can go on and on, I guess, about awareness. We're doing a a series on it, but uh, where should we pick up? I think a little recap about what we've talked about first
1: well um all right um we've been talking about how awareness has to do with uh, perception with consciousness that all that is is ever present but that we have to wake up to it open our eyes to it we've talked about um awareness being a factor not only of the human experience but uh, present within uh, the other kingdoms too mineral vegetable and animal All those kingdoms have fields of awareness in their own way, appropriate for their own purposes. Um, Perhaps today we could focus a little bit more on awareness in relation to the Buddhist concept of mindfulness.
3: How is is it related, uh, the Buddhist concept of of mindfulness? How is it related to uh, our topic?
1: I think it's related in the sense that, as I understand the Buddhist... um, view of mindfulness. It is being awake and um, alert and receptive and perceptive in whatever state you find yourself in. It's an attitude, as I understand it, that really appeals to me for some reason, that whatever you are doing, if you're standing online, line, if you're riding in the subway, if you're washing the floor, if you're preparing dinner, doing dishes, waiting for a doctor's appointment, whatever, you have the opportunity to practice mindfulness, to be present in that moment, not wishing you were somewhere else, anywhere else but that moment, but being really present in it, accepting it, and using it as a moment to be mentally, uh, sensitively aware simply of life.
2: Yes, it, it's using all your senses, I suppose, to, um, to get a grasp of, of where you are and uh, what your place in the world is and your position and your responsibilities and all of that information that comes through the uh, five senses. And I think that's, yes, that's, it's a good technique of developing one's
1: sense of awareness. It's also, I think, used to be aware of what's going on inside of you. Not only what's happening out around you in your environment, that's one kind of mindfulness, but also being aware of what's happening within you in your internal environment. If you're waiting in line, what is your attitude? Anger, irritation, a sense of rush, a sense of impatience, a sense of I don't like the people around me, I wish I were anywhere else but here... Try to be uh, able, try to be uh, aware of what exactly is going on within your own internal consciousness at that moment, being mindful of the states of mind that we allow ourselves to descend into, uh, often without even realizing it. We find ourselves in a state of depression or of irritation or of anxiety. That's a big one today or of uh, even out-and-out fear, and yet people don't sometimes even know that that's what's going on in, in their consciousness.
2: And so much of uh, the thinking that goes on is <clears throat> evolves around the little self, the in- individualized self, and uh, that, you know, how does all of this affect me? And I think that's a good place to... Stop and suddenly think about uh, how, how is this affecting other things, other, other people. You um, mean it's
1: not all about me?
2: No, it's not <laughs> all about me. Oh. The, the position you have in the world is not about me. It's, it's about what comes through me, you see. And uh, <clears throat> that's, I think, another state of awareness what we have to become more aware of.
1: What comes through me? What exactly? Is well, it's, it's
2: primarily the soul. I mean, the qualities of the soul and the uh, information that uh, is um, in the process of working out in the world. And we have to realize that we are just agents for this uh, soul energies, for the qualities of love, for example. Uh, you mentioned standing in line. Uh, and what is your state of mind at the point, at the point, and whether you're irritated or whether you're anxious. But maybe if you could, um, um, and I'm just throwing this out, if you could just stop and think, what is the quality of the soul that is attempting to work through me, then maybe you could uh, relate more toward the love of the soul, and that would... Um, put a whole different uh, picture, a whole different uh, quality on your position at the moment.
1: Yes, I think there's uh, always an opportunity to use any moment at any time for something constructive in terms of the soul's perspective, being uh, a force for love, an inlet for light, at any particular moment is always a a constructive opportunity. And sometimes the very kinds of situations that evoke the most irritation and impatience are the moments that need the most love and light. Just watch how one irritated person can set off a whole group of people. You can see that in any uh, gathering of, uh, uh, of a crowd. But... You have the opportunity to be a force for love and goodwill at the same time. I don't think most of us realize how much we probably contribute to the irritability and anger and impatience of the world, especially in a city like New York where everybody's in such a big hurry and so aggressive and uh, um, one-pointed in what they want to accomplish. These all contribute to a quality of um, awareness that infects everybody. It's infectious. But goodwill is also contagious and if we open our consciousness in that direction, we can contribute something positive.
2: Yes, and all it needs to be is is tried, and you may be surprised by the effect that that has Mm -hmm. uh, on the, the, the people around you, on the surroundings, but one of the things we're told is that we we grow through the medium of our recognitions. And if we recognize the value of love and goodwill, then that is a very important recognition that um, we see becomes our little part and the greater whole. And that becomes a uh, seed for the major expansion of consciousness later on. And it, it's applying these... Rules that we know uh, in a way that um, expands our consciousness and it expands our uh, influence in the world in a in a good way
1: it's an interesting um, approach to this whole concept of mindfulness to consider the um, Eastern teaching of yoga, which Speaks of skandhas it's a sanskrit word which means heaps or bundles skandhas are those elements in our psyche in our consciousness which we would probably we westerners call hang-ups things that provoke a response of a set and specific sort each time we come upon them and they are areas in our consciousness according to this spiritual doctrine that cause us to not think clearly, to not perceive correctly. They shut down our awareness in a sense. And we mistakenly uh, hook our identity, our sense of ourselves on these skandhas which are made up of feelings and perceptions and desires and antipathies and all that sort of thing. And yet When we can free ourselves from these habitual perceptions and assumptions, we can enter into a whole new view of life. Maybe that's why change is so constructive and why even crises, disruptive as they are, painful as they can be, sometimes liberate us into a whole new way of looking at life. Something gets unearthed in us, don't you think?
2: Yes, uh, it it um, shakes up the the substance, I suppose. It uh, shakes up the mind from and uh, maybe jolts us out of the ruts we're in, and that's a good thing because once you get in a rut, it's it's pretty uh, hard to to make any kind of change. And uh, so it's uh, the, these little crises are probably self-created in ways that we don't realize. But they're, they're meant to be. Mm-hmm. I think that they're very good, and we should take advantage of them because they're, as it says, crises are opportunities for change.
1: Crises are opportunities. Yes, I've heard that. <laughs> <There you laughs> it's go. one of those standard <coughs> truths of the spiritual path, but it is true. Yeah. The Buddha uh, taught that the personality of a human being doesn't have a fixed or changeless core. I think. We Westerners tend to think that the personality is an established thing. It's it's set in its ways, and yet the Buddha taught that the personality doesn't have that fixed quality. He believed and he taught that every being, not only humans, but every sentient being is in a constant state of flux, a succession of temporary states of existence that are followed rapidly by other states of existence so that In his view, every day is a new day, every uh, change brings a new opportunity, and every person is a, a work in progress. I find that very helpful and very liberating to think that we are not stuck in our particular habitual ruts. We aren't going to be forever what we are now. We can change and we can move into a new state of uh, awareness of the world, of ourselves, of everyone around us, of the possibilities of life, but we have to effect that change by not remaining in the tried and habitual and comfortable and known. We have to move into new areas of experience and uh, not just remain with the familiar and comfortable.
3: For those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight. Our topic for today, Awareness, Part 3. We have a special offer from Luce's Publishing Company, and that's the Alice Valley book, The Soul, The Quality of Life. The Soul, The Quality of Life is a compilation of extracts from the 24 books of Alice Valley. The soul, the higher self or individuality, is the agent of awareness in every human being. And you'll certainly find out more about awareness if you uh, take this compilation, you read it, and take advantage of today's offer. It's called the Soul, the Quality of Life. The discount comes in the form of free shipping and handling. So, what you need to do if you'd like to take advantage of today's offer is send a check or a money order, $16 to Lucis Publishing. Lucis is L-U-C-I-S. Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York 10005. Once again, ask for the book, *The Soul: The Quality of Life*, and put a little note about uh, this offer. Say that you heard about the offer on Inner Sight. Send the check or a money order to Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York 10005. All of our Inner Sight programs can be heard on our website at www.lucistrust.org. On the home page, you'll find a link to today's program, which will be available for hearing in a day or two. Last week's program is already available, and many of our past programs can also be heard. Once again, it's www.lucistrust.org. The theme of each week's program is posted in advance on our website also, so that you can see in advance what next Sunday's program will be. And by the way, if you'd like to get in touch with us for any reason, give us a call on our toll-free number, which is 1866 695 8247. That's 1866-695-8247. The easy way to remember it is 1-866-NY Lucis. Think of 1-866 New York Lucis. Uh, by the way, you're the ones who are very responsible for keeping us on the air. Apparently you've enjoyed the show of uh, these shows. Many of you listen every week. Uh, we need your help, and you've been very supportive in the past. Donations, both large and small, is what uh, well that's what collectively put them together, and that's what keeps us on the air. So they are tax deductible. Uh, we'd appreciate your future help uh, to keep these programs going. Once again, send donations to Lucas Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. Um, I was thinking about what uh, you and Dale were saying, and uh, I know the term which is called an epiphany. An epiphany, uh, especially James Joyce uses that word a lot. It's uh, a revelation of sudden truth. Uh, it, are the uh, are the changes in consciousness that we go through that you're, you and Dale are talking about, are they, are they sudden revelations of truth where one uh, keys into a whole different consciousness, or, they, or they, are they slow and evolving?
1: I suppose they are both, but uh, certainly for myself, they are slow and evolving. I'm not Saul on the road to Damascus, who suddenly was blinded by the light, and when his eyes opened three days later, he understood uh, the nature of God in a whole new way. That would be lovely, but uh, for most of us, I think it's a gradual unfolding of awareness, and it's only later when you look back that you realize that experience that realization really changed the way you see the world Um, i think we have to be alert to the little ways in which awareness can expand and i think we have to cultivate certain attitudes to prepare ourselves for this uh, expanding awareness one as i've said is simplicity Another is, I think, the cultivation of happiness, of joy. Because awareness leads to a view of life that is utterly positive and exposes one to the true, the good, and the beautiful. If you are habitually looking at life with an attitude of fear and suspicion and resentment and depression you are shutting down the little porthole through which you look at the world. That can't be healthy.
2: No, and I think we realize that every little expansion of awareness also um, increases one's sense of sensitivity to the inner realms. And this is important to realize, that... um, you're gradually developing the way back home in a sense by finding the pathway to the soul to the inner inner side and particularly if these little awarenesses that uh, give one a sense of an increased sense of of the pathways that lie within and towards the spiritual side and if they give you a a, a, a new way of seeing what is already present in the world then that is something to grab onto and to cultivate that because it's uh, no no accident that it's happened i think
1: coming back to this idea of mindfulness the buddhist uh, view of mindfulness that's a way to cultivate uh, uh, an awareness of one's own perceptions and attitudes you can't change the way you view the world until you recognize what is your, your um, traditional habitual uh, lens through which you look at the world. And mindfulness helps you to become aware of the quality of your own thought and expectation and the attitudes in which you dwell. A lot of us aren't probably aware <laughs> of our inner um, assumptions about life and relationships and ourselves. How many times have you heard someone say, but I'm a good person? And you might say, but sometimes you behave rather badly. We can't make these claims for ourselves if we have real awareness, real mindfulness. Mindfulness can open up that sensitivity that you speak of and make us aware of how much work we have to do. How, uh, how much lies ahead of us as a work in progress and that's that's uh, I think a constructive way of jolting us out of our rut
2: and sometimes it can be pretty painful Yes, <clears throat> about uh, what you suddenly become aware of that um, I'm not this uh, great beautiful person I'm, I have this uh, dark side to mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. and it comes out in times that uh, I wasn't aware of until mm-hmm. suddenly I became aware of the it was hurting somebody, and uh, that that's a, a good good time to step back and um, take stock of where you are and uh, perhaps if you have the courage to to face up to the um, to that which is lies within you, then uh, it's it's time to make change. you can, you have the strength of will to to do it.
1: So often in our society, morality and ethics are associated with behavior, with what one does. But mindfulness brings you to a realization of the conditioning urges and um, desires and attitudes where everything originates. And so awareness can lead to a recognition of motives that might have been um, overlooked before. Morality can only change when our intentions change Every action is driven by an urge or a cause, and these have to be recognized. That's why the Buddha taught that the fundamental problem of the human experience is the power of desire. Desire as it works out in an I want, I want, I want attitude, or desire as it expresses in the reverse, I don't want, I repulse, I I hate, I cringe from... And this cringing and clinging is what makes our misery. We can become more aware of what motivates our um, expression of these traits when we practice mindfulness.
2: And I think that's related to also uh, what the Buddha says. It's probably related to the soul in that um, as one awakens in consciousness, uh, then this tends to draw the attention of the soul. The soul is not always attentive uh, to uh, what's, you know, the, the incarnated aspect in the world. Uh, and it's not only always attentive until that uh, incarnated person, the you, the,
1: the, personality. the
2: personality part of you, begins to awaken and when that happens, the soul sits up and says, hey, this this uh, personality is waking up. It's time to start up a conversation with it. And make I may
1: it, be uh, able to work through this yes, thing. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah.
2: it opens up a channel to the soul, and the soul in turn responds with an increased flow of energy, the energy of love, the energy of light. And then there it sets up a reciprocal flow of energy, and that's when... The, the life really begins to flow. And that's a, a spectacular time. You know, that's one of those epiphany moments, I think.
3: Sounds like it.
1: <clears throat> but to, to get to that stage of um, responsiveness to the soul, certain things are required. And again, we come back to the Buddha's teaching, the importance of detachment, letting go of uh, the clinging to the material realm, to the uh, tangible outer level of life, as if that's all we've got. And another is dispassion, letting uh, the pull of desire ebb away and using the mind to discriminate, to choose its values and be more selective in discerning the real, the true, the good, the beautiful, the lasting from the temporary and uh, in, insignificant.
2: Yes, and the Buddha's attention for, on mindfulness is, is a way to begin to use the mind in a more productive way and to realize that uh, this is the sixth sense. It is the synthesizing sense that uh, takes all the, the information from the five senses and uh, processes it and gives the the, um, the personality life a, a chance to uh, really develop a new way.
1: Alice Bailey again said, all that is is ever-present. She said the way of revelation is through discovery and the discarding of personal limitations. For a certain stage of the way, the mystic view is the awareness of duality, of what one presently is and what one aspires to. It's the contrast between the personality, the outer self, and the soul, the divine being. But eventually, one leaves that behind and realizes that the nature of the One absorbs all the dualities and all the distinctions and differences. And this awareness fosters a kind of acceptance of life as it is and a release from the attraction and repulsion of desire. The great scientist David Bohm spoke of the implicate order of the world, and I think the writings of Alice Bailey would say the synthesis of life that integrates all aspects of life into a unified web. That's the goal of our awareness.
3: Please take advantage of the special offer from Luce's Publishing Company, and that's the Alice Bailey book, The Soul, The Quality of Life. The Soul, The Quality of Life is a compilation of extracts from the 24 books of Alice Bailey, and you'll certainly find a lot about today's topic, awareness, in that particular Alice Bailey book. So if you'd like to explore it further... It would be a good idea to take advantage of this offer. Uh, it's available for $16. Um, what you need to do is send a check or a money order uh, to Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. You've been listening to Inner Sight. Now we would like to close with a world prayer called The Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words.
1: From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, Let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out